Welcome back to Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. I'm personal financial planner, columnist, and financial therapist, Rick Kaler. Research tells us that 90% of all financial decisions are made emotionally, not logically. For nearly four decades, I've been helping people make better money decisions. So what makes my financial worldview different from most financial experts? I blend the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Good money decisions are not just about the money. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back to another episode. And like many episodes, I'm going to talk about something I've never talked about (laughs) before. (laughs) And I credit this to a listener who reached out to me. She was interested if I would touch on the emotional component of being agitated and over current events. And if I talk about the things in the media we can't control. And she asked for my recommendation of news sources that do the best job of just providing information and not commentary and bias. So that got me thinking. So thank you to Allison that asked that question, because I think it's really a very pertinent topic to talk about. And I think it's very pertinent to emotional and financial well-being and to our internal health. So I know that myself, I spend an inordinate amount of time following current events. And I think evidence of that are the 30 unread books on my nightstand that are crying out to be read. And I really do try to read a few pages, but I do a miserable job at it. So sometimes I wonder if I'm just a little bit out of balance in that I pay so much attention to current events. I don't know. Maybe I'm a political junkie. Part of myself is very interested in policy, which is politics, and how it's made and what's happening in the world. And I think a part of that is being responsible for the life savings of my financial planning clients. I really think that requires having a pretty good grasp of current macro world economic events, world political events, and certainly financial events and how all of that applies to my clients personally and individually at a micro level. Other times we're going through now, I have various clients, not a flood of clients, but clients concerned and always wondering, should I go to cash? Oftentimes having pretty uh, entrenched views on the world. And it's okay for us to have strong views if they're based on a good media diet and a good diet of opposing views and as much fact as possible. It's also important that as a financial therapist that I can understand and validate the various viewpoints often held by clients and not get attached or defensive to one viewpoint over another. And that can be very difficult to do in the polarized nation in which we live. And so it's really important that the data and news that I take in, in my media diet, be as factual 
and accurate as possible. Now, at this point, I could break out singing to dream the impossible dream. And I'm not going to do that because I don't want that to be recorded into history. <laughs> I don't think you would either. And that's because today, balanced news sources are really few and far between. I find that most of us can engage in what's called confirmation bias, where we obtain our information only from sources that underscore and confirm, rather than challenge, our already formed beliefs. And this can often be because of the vulnerable parts of ourselves that are really sensitive to being wrong. And that can be really threatening. So we have managers, parts of ourselves, protectors, that really try to search out sources that can confirm these parts of us are right and help them from experiencing the difficult feelings of potentially being wrong. So, for example, a person that only gathers their information from one of two of the uh, most popular cable networks, say CNN or Fox News, will find that their worldviews are about 180 degrees apart, are turned on each of them at times. It's just almost mind-numbing how totally opposite that they can view the same event. They just have this ability to look at the same data and conclude polar opposite meanings. So, if I am obtaining my news diet solely from one or the other, it's almost like eating 100% protein or 100% carbohydrate or 100% fat diet. And a diet like that, consumed long enough, is going to result in skeletal problems, liver problems, coronary problems, kidney problems, dental disorders with decreased energy performance and probably being either anorexic or obese. <laughs> so consuming a diet of just one type of news bias can result in, a, in long-term damage to your financial and emotional well-being. It can destroy relationships and makes evidence-based, reasoned, and informed financial decisions very difficult and in many cases damaging. For example, selling out of the stock market or going all in solely on one's political beliefs and biases are almost always a recipe for financial disaster. I've watched this time and time again over my 40 years of advising clients on their financial well-being. And some of the financial consequences I've witnessed from relying on extreme sources of information are heartbreaking in the financial loss and chaos that they can cause. So what does your media diet look like? Is it all protein? All carbs? All fat? Or do you get a balanced meal? How can you know? Well, one source that you can use to evaluate your media diet is called Media Bias Fact Check. That's Media Bias Slash Fact Check. 
And before I just dove into that and say that's a great place to go, I think a lot of you are already thinking, well, how biased is media bias fact check, right? And especially if you look up your media sources and they're all rated extreme right or left with low probability of being factual, your immediate thought will probably be that the website leans left or right and can't be believed, which is further evidence of your confirmation bias in full bloom. So, with all that said, I felt it was important to do a little fact-checking on the Media's Bias fact-check site. And according to Wikipedia, a couple gentlemen from the Pointer Institute that teaches or has content on how to fact-check notes that Media Bias fact-check is widely cited as a source for news stories and even studies about misinformation, despite the fact that its methods are in no way scientific. So, that's good to know. In 2018, the Columbia Journalism Review identified me as media bias fact check as an armchair media analysis. And additionally, they described media bias fact check as an amateur attempt at categorizing media bias and characterized their assessments as subjective assessments that leave room for human bias or even simple inconsistencies to creep in. Okay, so that doesn't sound so good. A study uh, published in Scientific Reports wrote, while media bias fact checks credibility is sometimes questioned, it has been regarded as accurate enough to be used as a ground truth for media bias classifiers, fake news studies, and automatic fact-checking systems. So, in my study, my conclusion is that while media bias fact-checked has some flaws and is not scientific, I haven't found one that is. And I've concluded that it's a reasonable source with which to judge a media source's bias. So, this particular uh, service ranks each media source as being in the ideological categories of being extreme left, left, left left-center, least biased, which is in the middle, right-center, right, or extreme right. And the factual accuracy of each, so it rates it in two categories. It's ideological category and it's factual accuracy. As very high, high, mostly factual, mixed, low, or very low. I found this when recently I asked an investor who has a history of making poor financial decisions to send me a list of where he gets his news that impacts his financial decisions. And he sent me the list, and I compared the list to the media bias fact check list. And his list was akin to a diet of 100% proteins void of any fat or carbohydrate. I mean, there was little question as to why his investment decisions hadn't worked out real well. They, where he got his news source, was all extreme in their political bent with a very low to at best a mixed probability of being factual. So, it's just really, really important 
that we take a look at the confirmation bias within us and the fear that we have of being challenged or of being wrong. And it can be crushing to uh, parts of ourselves to be wrong because it can, uh, the messages we can take away are that I'm inadequate, I'm stupid, just a number of adequate with a host of difficult emotions. So I thought I would give you my daily diet of news sources and how they're rated for uh, their political category and factual accuracy. As much as possible, I try to consume media that's as close to center as possible, which would be right center, least bias, which would probably be, they could have said dead center maybe, and left center. So if I can say kind of just a little bit left, a little bit right of center, that's that's probably pretty good. And then, of course, the factuality of what I read, I'd like it all to be very high or high or at the worst, mostly factual. So that is a tall order. It is not 100% possible. I suppose I could cut my media list down to about two sources and then I wouldn't be getting a, a clear look at other sources that, you know, I think it's important to, to hear what the even the more uh, right or left sources may be saying. So my sources are starting with those that are least biased and most factual. The first one is News Nation. That is a new cable network. Dan Abrams is one of their lead anchor. Would the anchor be right? And um, they also just recently signed Chris Cuomo. And I find that their their news people are pretty, pretty much factual and in the, in the middle. So they were rated by media bias as being the least bias and high in being factual. And this is what they said overall. We rate News Nation least bias based on minimal editorializing of content and reasonable balance with story selection. We also rate them high for factual reporting due to proper sourcing and reasonable fact-checking. So that's News Nation. And probably one of the least viewed of all the cable networks. Man, I think they've only been around two years or so, maybe under two years. The next one is The Hill. It's uh, thehill.com, I believe. It's online. It was rated as least biased and mostly factual. They said, overall, we rate The Hill least biased based on balanced editorial positions and news reporting that's low biased. We also rate them mostly factual and reporting rather than high due to previous opinion columns promoting unproven claims. So that is The Hill. Those two are as good as it gets, all right? So we're going to have to add in some other things that can, when taken together, can balance, can give us a balanced view. Uh, the next one that I read on a daily basis is the Wall Street Journal. That's a newspaper. It was ranked as right center and mostly factual. 
they said of the Wall Street Journal, overall we rate the Wall Street Journal right center, biased, due to low biased news reporting combined with a strong right biased editorial stamp. So what they're saying is they're more right leaning in their editorials than in their news. We also rate them mostly factual and reporting rather than high due to anti-climate, anti-science views, and occasional misleading editorials. So that's the Wall Street Journal. And you'll have to subscribe. That's a pay, has a paywall. The next one is the New York Times, which is a newspaper. They rate them left center and high factual. They say overall we rate the New York Times left center biased based on wording and story selection that moderately favors the left. They are considered one of the most reliable sources for news information due to proper sourcing and well-respected journalists and editors. The failed fact checks were on op-eds and not straight news reporting. So that's the New York Times. The next that I follow, which is cable news, would be Fox or Fox News. It's rated right as opposed to right center, right? It's rated solidly right with mixed facts. Overall, we rate Fox News right based on editorial positions that align with the right and questionable due to the promotion of propaganda, conspiracy theories, pseudoscience, the use of poor sources, and numerous false claims and failed fact checks. Straight news reporting from beat reporters is generally fact-based and accurate, which earns them a mixed factual rating. That's Fox. Then to balance that is CNN, which is again cable news. They were ranked left and also mixed, as Fox was. Overall, we rate CNN left biased based on editorial positions that consistently favor the left, while straight news reporting falls left center through bias by omission. So you don't necessarily get all the facts. We also rate them mixed for factual reporting due to several failed fact checks by TV hosts. However, news reporting on their website, as opposed to their cable, tends to be sourced adequately with minimal failed fact checks. So if you're going to go to CNN, and maybe I should have put them in separately as uh, CNN.com, which is more of an online news source. And um, the following one that I do read every day is the Times of London, which is a newspaper. Again, you've got to subscribe to that. As I didn't mention as yet, do the New York Times. And I couldn't find a rating on that, so apparently they just rate U.S. sources. The Guardian, uh, which is another uh, London newspaper, is considered pretty left. And the Independent is also considered pretty left. So from what I've been able to find, the Times of London seems to be the more in the middle. And that's my experience of it. I really like getting news from another country to see what their views on U.S. politics, economics, and policy are. So that's another one that I do read. So... For the most part, that's my daily news diet, of which I usually consume some of all of that every day. There's other 
sources and blogs and things like that. But that's the best. Now, when it comes to blogs, I haven't rated those. And there is a new source that I really like. And it's a um, commentary on Sirius XM radio. It's called Michael Smirconish Show. He's on at 7 a.m. Mountain Time, which is 9 a.m. Eastern. He's rated by another source. He wasn't rated by this particular source, but he's rated by another source, Fontis, I think, as being dead in the middle. And in fact, he's on Channel 124, which is called the POTUS Network, the Politics of the United States, which is trying to be independent and present a fair and balanced. So they have commentators on there. Dan Abrams is one of them. Laura Coates is on it. There's several others, and, and then there's uh, Michael Smirconish. And if I had to select one thing to listen to, it would probably be his show. He also has a newsletter that he sends out where he tries to send out a nice balance of everything on the left, on the right, in the middle every day. So if there's one thing that I would suggest that would really help you maintain a real balanced look at things, it would be um, listening to the POTUS, one, POTUS 124, Sirius XM, and specifically the Michael Smirconish program and his newsletter, which, again, it's a compilation of all the news stories that he thinks are important in trying to present both sides of them. So that's my list. And I've tried to follow this type of diet for many years, maybe some decades. And I think it has a nice balance. I I don't follow anything that's extreme right or extreme left. I just feel that that's probably not needed. I mean, every once in a while, it's enlightening to look at some extreme left or extreme right website or news program. But I think because of following a diet like this, it's maybe a reason that a real common remark I get by readers of my uh, columns is that I present a really balanced view in dealing with finances and issues. And I think doing that isn't rocket scientists. I think it all depends on the uh, diet that person consumes, right? So whether it's food or news, I really believe it's critical to physical, financial, and emotional well-being to eat a really healthy, well-balanced diet. So those are my thoughts on how media consumption can really aid financial and emotional well-being. So thank you. Thank you, Allison, for that suggestion. And I hope this has been helpful. And again, I love to hear your feedback. I love to hear your ideas. I'd like to be putting out content that is as useful as possible to all of you. Not long ago, I attended the Financial Therapy Association Conference and was so um, touched, humbled by all of you that came up and said how you're regular listeners of the podcast and how they are helpful to you. So help me continue to be helpful. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Take care. 
Thanks for joining me, Rick Kaler, for another episode of Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. This is where I combine the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Remember, every financial behavior, whether it appears illogical to you or others, makes perfect sense when we understand the underlying beliefs, feelings, and thoughts. Sign up for my weekly blog at financialawakenings.com. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode.